G, little g right here. It's not referring to our God, the God of the universe, but instead the gods that other people worship. Ashtoreths, plural there, because we're going to see Ashtoreth is a multifaceted goddess. Okay? Let's look at our Bibles here, or just read off the uh, PowerPoint presentation. Matthew chapter 12, verses 43 through 45. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall it be with this wicked generation. Judges chapter 2, verse 13. They forsook the Lord and served Baal and the Ashtoreths. And Judges chapter 10, verse 6 is similar. Then the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals and the Ashtoreths. Father, I just come to you, Lord, and I just admit my complete and total helplessness, Lord. The subject matter in today's message, Lord, is just a little bit heavier than uh, normal. And, uh, Lord, I need an extra grace, an extra anointing, Lord, because I'm delving into a land of thick darkness, Lord, against some of the most powerful enemies that you have in this universe, Lord. So, uh, Lord, I just pray for extra strength, and, uh, Lord, I pray that you'd... uh, Uh, Give me the anointing that I need to preach your word, Lord, as I do battle with these forces of darkness. And thank you, Lord, for uh, uh, giving me that extra anointing now. Give me clarity of thought and plainness of speech, Lord, so I can communicate this to your people. And I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Okay, we're going to continue in the series, Return of the Gods. And this is based on a book by uh, a man by the name of Jonathan Kahn. He's a rabbi, he's a Messianic Jew, and he's got a message that he's trying to uh, convey to the church of today. Because what we see going on in this culture, this American culture, and half of the people are swept up in this uh, wokeism religion, as I have re- uh, described it. And spearheading this wokeism are these ancient gods and goddesses of uh, old uh, times. Um, part one, I dealt with the Balaam. B- Balaam uh, denotes the gods of Canaan. Baal is the chief god of uh, this, and there are many others. The book deals with only three, starting with Baal. And uh, today we're going to finish up what I was saying about the Ashtoreths. And then on the final week, and believe me, you know, this is a really heavy stuff. 
I don't mean to load you down, but these are things that we as a congregation need to know. The last God that we'll be dealing with is Moloch, the God of child sacrifice. Okay? Now, Khan calls these three gods and goddesses the Dark Trinity. Um, you know... I hope you're not getting tired of this series. Don't don't worry. I've got one only one more message to do uh, to uh, uh, speak on. The things that we learned about Baal, the first god, that is that he was worshipped in other cultures. He was called Marduk in the Babylonians and Asher for the Assyrians, and then he morphed into Zeus with the Greeks and Jupiter to the Romans. We saw that to worship him meant the eventual suppression of the worship of Yahweh or Jehovah, the God who was supposed to be the God of Israel and, of course, Judah too. And the Baal worship reached its zenith under Queen Jezebel. And what she did is she killed every single prophet of the Lord she could get her hands on. And they tried to stamp out worship of Jehovah there in the northern tribe of uh, uh, northern kingdom of Israel. We also saw that Baal was the god of the natural world, the sky, the earth, the weather. So he was the one that sent the rains which watered the crops and therefore uh, prospered the nations. Therefore, uh, they uh, according to their way of thinking, is he must be worshipped. If you want to be prosper in this life, you need to worship Baal. In, uh, as I mentioned too, finally, that Baal worship became suppressed with uh, Christianity, exercised in a matter of speaking. In reality, though, uh, Baal worship never really truly went away. It was only suppressed. And that's what has been true of Western civilization is we've suppressed uh, the worship of this particular God and his pantheon. But now, because we've exercised God out of our, starting with our schools, and it seems like so many other facets of our modern society, what happens? Baal is coming back, you know, uh, and they're back. And not only uh, they're not only back; it seems like they've gotten worse than ever. Now, I uh, concluded after I read the chapters that Khan puts there on Baal that. Uh, Baal is nothing more than the spirit of the world and the world system. What does the Bible tell us about the world? It says we're to love not the world nor the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So we need to substitute this love of the world for the love of God. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. Okay. To embrace Baal is to embrace the spirit of the world and what the world says will bring you satisfaction. And I've talked to you about this before. The world tells you that have meaning and satisfaction in your life, you need to pursue fortune, fame, power, and pleasure. And if you get enough of these things, so the world says, then you'll have what you need to have meaning and satisfaction in life. 
And we know that that premise is a lie too because you look at the people that have the most of these things, fortune, fame, power, and pleasure. Are they happy? Most of them are very, very unhappy. And what's more, it's a trap because the more you get, the more you want. That's just human nature and the less satisfied with what you do have. Now that final item, pleasure, brings us to that second god. And I was speaking about her uh, last week, or goddess, that Khan deals with in the book, and that is Ashtoreth. Like Baal, Ashtoreth was worshipped in other cultures by different names. She was Ishtar in Assyria, and she became Aphrodite in the Greek culture, and then Venus to the Romans. Now, this is important. Rejection of God leads to this Baal worship. And what follows Baal? Ashtoreth worship. It says there in uh, Judges chapter 10, verse 6, as I read, Then the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of God, and they served the Baals first, and then the Ashtoreths. Also Judges chapter 2, Verse 13. So Baal worship is followed by Ashtoreth worship. Now this is in a plural form because Ashtoreth is a multifaceted goddess. That is, she is manifested in multiple forms. And in reality, there are many spiritual forces behind her. All of these uh, gods and goddesses that were worshipped in these ancient cultures had spiritual forces behind them. This is what's so heavy about this message, you know. And uh, oh, by the way, I, I didn't mention—I uh, mentioned earlier, but there, Patrick is back there. Everybody, say hello to Patrick. Okay. Give him a hand. <laughs> we're glad that he's here. Yeah, yeah he's uh, uh, connected with the uh, uh, AG Church down in Holbrook, so we welcome him. This is a little bit heavier than normal uh, type of uh, message that I've been giving, but it needs to be said, brothers and sisters, okay? Amen? Okay. Now, the Ashtoreths, or Ashtaroth, that's the plural form that you see in the King James Version. Ashtoreths are primarily the goddesses of love and sexuality. So to worship her meant the worship of sex as an end in itself. And this will lead to more and more degradation and sexual perversion the deeper you go in the worship of this goddess. She's also the goddess of prostitution. Now related to this is the fact that she was a transgressor a breaker of rules and boundaries. And we see this happening in America, don't we? Oh, yeah. What's happening in the area of sex is keeping going down and down and down, and these boundaries keep broke, being broken, you know, and as our sexual mores and morality have gotten worse and worse as time goes by. And this is leading into the deeper and deeper levels of the Ashtoreth, as I'm going to show you. Now, Ashtoreth was also the goddess of war and violence. She was the goddess of intoxication, including drugs and alcohol. And these are often 
also related to these sexual encounters. You know, that's where people used to go and pick up people. Now, nowadays, you know, on the Internet, you can pick up on anybody just, you know, uh, you know, by going out to the Internet. She was also the goddess of witchcraft, sorcery, and the occult. And that explains why all three of those aspects came together in the 1960s. And it's a fulfillment of what Paul predicted in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. It says, In the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. We have seen, seen that come to pass in our generation. Now, as last week, I'm primarily focusing on the sexuality aspect. We're going to get really, you know, kind of graphic in this. You got little ones, maybe you want to take them away or cover their ears, something like that. Everybody else is a, an adult here. I think you can handle it. Okay. Uh, but before I get into the negative, I want to deal with the positive first. Something, first of all, there is nothing wrong with sex. If it is done but through God's design, that is, through the bounds of holy matrimony. It says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4, Marriage is honorable above all, and the bed undefiled. But fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. So picking up on that second part of the verse, sexual immorality is condemned most explicitly elsewhere in Scripture. In the list of the flesh that uh, Paul talks about here in Galatians chapter 5, verses 15 through 21, verse 19, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, lewdness, uncleanness. All four of those are dealing with sexual immorality in one form or another. And then he concludes at the end there of uh, chapter, uh, I mean, verse 21, of which I tell you that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, there's other lists, too, that I don't have time to go through. But if you want, you can write them down. Romans chapter 1, verses 29 through 30. 31, First uh, Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 10, Ephesians 5, 5, Colossians 3, 5, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 9 through 10, Matthew chapter 15, verse 19, Jesus add, adds his own list in there. And finally, Revelation chapter 21, verse 8, and 22, verse 14. 22 verse 15. Now in all of these lists, sexual immorality is mentioned. And it's often in multiple forms. And it's usually at the very top of the list as it was there in Galatians uh, chapter 5 verse 19. In all these lists also it is added that if you continue to practice these things without repentance you will be lost for all eternity. Now, I got to get up here, and I don't, I don't like telling you this, 
But I have to. I'm the pastor of this church. I've got to mention, tell you what the Word of God says regarding this. Okay. In all these lists, the uh, word fornication, which is a translation of the Greek word porneia. That's where we get our word pornography from. And pornographic. It's mentioned by name that porneia in all of the list except for the Romans passage. And there's plenty in the Romans passage that deals with sexual immorality too. Porneia is just kind of a catch-all term for all forms of sexual immorality. And if one commits it, he or she needs to pay heed to what Jesus said to the woman that was caught in the act of adultery. What did he tell her? You know, he asked her, you know, they all left because they, they, none of them could uh, stone her because none of them were uh, guilty, uh, 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 not guilty of sin. And so everybody's gone except for two people. The woman's there and Jesus there. Now Jesus was the only one that could have stoned her. But what did Jesus say? Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. In other words, stop doing it. And that's God's word for this church. If you're guilty of any kind of uh, sexual immorality, stop doing it. Now, why does God tell us this? I'm sorry, I'm a slide behind here. Okay. Why does God tell us to do this? You see, sex in reality is a spiritual act. It's not just a physical act. It's a spiritual act. And when you do God's sex God's way within the bounds of the holy matrimony with your husband or your wife, you are joined together with them not just physically, you are joined together with them spiritually. It's, it, you know, it's the sex act, the act of marriage, as Tim LaHaye calls it, is really an act of worship. You are worshiping God by doing that. You are celebrating your union with this person. And you are thanking God. Thank you, Lord, that you've given me this person to be my husband or wife. But if you engage in sex outside of marriage, you are not only joining body, your body with someone else, but you are joining your spirit with this these spirits, the spirit of Ashtoreth. Think about that. How can you worship God when you're joining yourself to the spirit of Ashtoreth? And Ashtoreth is one of the most powerful and vicious enemies of the Most High God. You think about that. Now Paul says this on this matter. And before I read the passage... I want you to recognize the environment that he was writing it to. He was writing to the church at Corinth. The church at Corinth had a problem. And that problem was that there were the idolatrous temples everywhere with temple prostitutes, both male and female. And some of the members of the church had not been fully delivered from that spirit of Ashtoreth there. 
And so they were going, especially during the festivals, and they were going and consorting with the temple prostitutes. They had a lot of problems, but this was probably the worst of them. Paul writes this, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 15 through 20. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. And then he gives this conclusion here. He says, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. That's a sobering thought, isn't it? Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you and who you have from God, and you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit. So the point I'm trying to make to you, brothers and sisters, right now, is you cannot glorify God in your body and your spirit if you continue to practice sexual immorality in your life. Because you are really joining yourself to that spirit of Ashtoreth. Okay, now recent history of the Ashtoreth in America. In the early 1960s, as I mentioned before, we expelled God from our school system and gradually from our society in general. The spirit of Baal flowed in and following him was the spirit of the Ashtoreths. This became manifested in the late 1960s and some of us lived are old enough to have lived through it. You know, I grew up, you know, I graduated from high school in 1969. So this happened while I was a teenager. And the spirit of Ashtoreth began manifesting itself in what became known as free sex. But you know, brothers and sisters, nothing in this world is really free. You know, you think about that. Even salvation is not free in that while it's a free gift that God freely gives to you, you know what you have to do? You have to repent of your sins too. So it costs you. It costs you your sin. But you know, whenever God asks you to give up something and you give it up, you don't. he doesn't take it away. You have to give it up. When he... You give it up to God, He replaces some with it with something even better. And what you're doing when you repent of sexual immorality is you give up that spirit of the Ashtoreth and receive the Spirit of God. Now, which is much better? The Spirit of the Living God. Amen. Okay, this free sex uh, also became known as the sexual revolution. Or the new morality. You know, somebody once said that this new morality is nothing more than the old immorality with a different name. Amen? 
Accompanying this was the drugs and the alcohol. And fueling all this was the music industry. Again, all this came about in the late 1960s. You know, and the America was giving itself over to that spirit of the Ashtoreth. But the good news was, Jesus was not asleep at the wheel. Amen. And Jesus began a counter-revolution in the late 1960s. It became known as the Jesus Revolution. It was spirited, uh, spearheaded by men such as Chuck Smith. You know, I had a lot of contact with the Calvary uh, chapels, you know, uh, before and uh, while I was going to Bible school. In fact, I used to go to Chuck Smith's uh, mother church at Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa. And of course, David Wilkerson started a ministry to the gang leaders, but he was really ministering to the drug culture in general. And thousands and thousands of young people were swept into the kingdom of God and forsook these drugs and the free sex movement. Also, the charismatic movement across, moved across all denominations before it was concentrated mostly with the Pentecostal churches, of which, of course, the Assemblies of God is one of the Pentecostals. But it went across all denominations, even the Catholics, too. Hallelujah. Yeah. There's charismatic Catholics. You know, so it, it's an indication that, that even within the Catholic Church, there are people that are saved and have gotten baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, as far as the, the spirit of Ashtoreth was concerned, what you had there with that Jesus movement was a fulfillment of God's promise. That is in Isaiah chapter 15, verse 19. And there you read, When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Okay? God is stronger than the spirit of Ashtoreth. That's why we need to give ourselves to him and not over to the fleeting pleasures of this world as it describes Moses giving up in Hebrews chapter 11. Unfortunately, in recent times, we have seen a progressive resurgence of that spirit of the asterisk. And today, I hate to say it, they are worse than ever before. Since the advent of the new century, we've seen gay marriage legalized, and it, it didn't stop. You know, when they ha it happened, I said, it's not going to stop there, and I was right. It's continue on down. Pedophilia, that is, adults having sex with children, it's becoming more and more accepted. Now they don't call them pedophiles anymore. You know what they call them? They call them minor attracted adults, MIAs. Now we have this transgenderism nonsense, and they are spreading it to our children. Now, in my humble opinion, this is fueled largely by the proliferation of Internet pornography. You know, pornography back there in the 1960s was largely confined to adult uh, bookstores, strip joints, the magazines, of course, you know, Playboy, later Penthouse and Hustler, and peep shows, 
And of course, I think it was during the 1970s that they, you had the preponderance of cable uh, TV stations like the Playboy channel and even some of the premium channels like HBO and Cinemax. I call it Sin to the Max and it is, you know, Cinemax. And they, during the late night, they would have very explicit uh, movies on there. Today, it's even worse because now with a few clicks of a mouse on a computer that's hooked up to the Internet, can deliver some of the vilest images and movies imaginable. But Jesus said, what did Jesus say about this? Matthew chapter 5, verse 28. He that looks upon a woman to lust after her has committed adultery with her in his heart. So you look at these images. Again, you know, I mentioned images. There's de demonic spirits. So they that, you know, Paul said, they that sacrifice to idols, sacrifice to demons. The same thing is true. You look at those images, those vile images, you are interacting with the spirit of the Ashtoreth. I can't say that any more plainer than I just did. Now, why do people get hooked on this? You know why? It's because they feel a surge of adrenaline. You know, think of a, the proverbial teenage boy making out with his date in the back seat of a car. You know, his heart palpitates and everything. He's getting that surge of adrenaline and dopamine. Dopamine is the pleasure chemical that's released in your brain. And these people get addicted to these things. Okay? That's why it's so easy to get hooked on this internet pornography. Just as they say that marijuana is a gateway drug to the harder stuff, so this internet porn also acts as a gateway to greater and deeper sexual immorality and perversions. For the Christian, you be, do well to heed what uh, Edwin Lewis Cole said. You know, Ed, Ed, Ed Cole was really an influence on my life. I've got a number of his books. And one of the things he said about this pornography, he said, pornography is a substitute for prayer. Think about it. When you pray, you're being intimate with God, right? You're commun communing with God. But if you look at uh, the uh, pornography of any kind, you're communing with the spirit of Ashtoreth, which is behind that uh, those images. And you cannot have both at the same time. Remember, your body is to be the temple of the Holy Spirit, not the temple of Ashtoreth. Okay, we're going to get really heavy now. The ast these Ashtoreths don't just stop at internet pornography and general sex outside of marriage. They get progressively worse and more perverted if you let them. And this is due to my opinion that there are different levels of asterisks that rule over these different kinds of sex. Now I'm going to talk to you about my ministry in this area. 
I'm going to get kind of personal. My personal experience in dealing with the Ashtoreth. You know, 1975 was the pivotal year of my life, as I've shared with you before. That's when I really got it together with the Lord. I'd been saved when I was eight years old at a Baptist church. During my uh, early adult life, I drifted away from it and did a lot of things that I shouldn't have done and I'm not proud of. But 1975, I decided to really get close to the Lord because I saw what my life was without Jesus Christ and I didn't like that. And I felt the call, I think by April of 1975, to go into the ministry. And so I started looking for a Bible college. And I... uh, transferred over to San Diego State University from the junior college I was attending. And uh, I started praying and I said, God, you know, I don't want to wait till I get into Bible college to get involved in ministry. I want to get involved now. And a week later, God led me into the cult ministry. And I studied uh, tapes by uh, the man who became my mentor, the late uh, Dr. Walter R. Martin. I found out that Dr. Martin was teaching at Melody Land School of Theology. I lived in the San Diego area at the time, just 100 miles away. And so I left San Diego State after that uh, uh, second term there, and I went to Melody Land. But, you know, uh, one of the things I discovered in, while involved in the cult ministry is you get attacked. You get attacked by these deceiving spirits. You know, it says that they're deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, according to uh, 1 Timothy uh, uh, chapter 4, verse 1. <clears throat> okay? And I, wouldn't, I didn't expect it, but I, I grew to just accept it. You know, it just goes with the territory. I remember Dr. Martin once uh, sharing that he was talking with uh, Hal Lindsey about this subject, and he said we were both convinced that we were just being followed away around by an army of demons because nothing ever went right unless you made sure you were all prayed up. Okay? So I I discovered that the hard way. Something happened, though, in late 1976 during my first year of uh, Bible college, and that was God changed my life. I thought I was going to go into the cult ministry full-time, but God had other ideas. And he called me to that faraway country of Thailand. You know, Thailand was the sort, uh, place of my greatest failures as a person. But God was not finished with me, and God called me to go back over there. And I went there in the summer of 1977 and ministered to the people. And I found out that Thailand is a place of thick spiritual darkness. It's officially a Buddhist country, but it's only a thin veneer of Buddhism. Underlying this is the whole Hinduistic mindset and worldview. There's animism, the belief in uh, the worship of spirits, and uh, they placate spirits. You know, they, you see spirit houses all over the place there. You know, 
The average person over there doesn't think about building a house or starting a business unless they first erect a spirit house so they can placate the spirit that lives there. I've described Thailand as a country that the devil rules by fear. And of course there's idolatry. Both these Hindu idols and uh, 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 <clears throat> Buddhist idols. And again, there's spiritual forces behind every one. And one other thing, the spirit of asterisks are as strong as any country around. The sexual immorality, there's just such a spirit of lust. You know, I've heard people say how strong the spirit of lust is. You know, a lot of people, as soon as they walk off the plane there in Bangkok, they feel the heavy spiritual oppression there right away. Okay, so I had to deal with those spirits too. Now, I've shared with you these two things, the cult ministry and Thailand ministry, to uh, uh, come to this part right here. During my second year of Bible college, I came back from Thailand after two months of being there. And uh, I took a job as a security guard. And uh, at one of my postings, I spent about maybe four or five months there, I think, and I worked closely with a young man who was my work partner. His name was John Farish. And I could tell the first night of, you know, meeting John that he was a very troubled young man. And I told him, I witnessed to him, I told him, Jesus, you know, will give you peace in your heart. You need to receive him into your life. And I led him in the sinner's prayer that very first night. But time went by, and I could see that uh, uh, John's troubles still remained. And then finally, after maybe a month or two, he opened up to me, and he told me that he was a homosexual. And to make a long story short, I was able to locate a ministry connected with the church that I attended. And I got him to start going to the meetings with me. The outreach to this was kind of mostly concerned with uh, uh, the parents of, uh, uh, you know, gay children. And uh, it was, you know, the uh, facilitator had a sense of humor. She named it the Spatula Club. Spatula Club? Well, the idea is you find out that your son or daughter is gay and you hit the ceiling. Boom! You know? And so you need somebody to... Use the spatula to scrape you off. But there were a lot of gay young people that attended that too. And so I got involved in this gay ministry. And you know what? I discovered the spiritual oppression and the attacks were much worse in that kind of ministry. I remember remarking to myself, man, the, the oppression doing this ministry is twice as bad as the, the cult ministry. And what, the more I thought about it, the more it made sense. Because what in the cult, you minister to people in the cults, you're dealing with what? Their minds. But if you deal with those in, you know, that have sexual problems, you're not only dealing with the mind, you're dealing with the whole person, including the body. Okay? Another reason for this spiritual oppression when I, I received when I got involved in the gay ministry is that the Ashtoreth spirits behind these are, I believe, are on a deeper level 
than just the normal heterosexual male-female relationships and uh, uh, pornography. And my experience is the deeper you drill down into these lower levels of the asterisk, the more powerful and vicious they become. And therefore, the harder it is for a person to break free from their sin. I read a book on uh, uh, pornography once about this man that had a problem with pornography. He got delivered from it and he was giving his testimony. And he said that he could sense that the, these more perverted forms of sex, the bondage was that much stronger. Now, the problem with John Farish is that his problem, you know, was not just he was gay, but he had a specific fondness for young boys, too. And this is a very common thing. If you uh, study up on uh, homosexuality, you'll find it's very common that they carry it a step further and they want not just to have sex with men, but with uh, young boys as well. And again, you're drilling down deeper and deeper and the bondage becomes that much harder. And though, But the positive thing is though these people can get bound up in almost unimaginable level, it, 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 that power can be broken through the power of the name of Jesus and his blood. By the way, by the way, and some of you have been molested when you're children. I know that for a fact. And the problem is, when you're molested as a child, it has deep psychological impacts upon you. It will affect you for the rest of your life. That's what all these suits that have been leveled against the uh, uh, priest in the Catholic Church who molested young boys and, and girls too as children. It follows them for the rest of their life. But God can break those yes. bondages. Amen? Amen? Yes. Okay. I shared... Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm behind here. How did I get so far behind? Sorry. Okay. I shared with you some time ago a uh, tape by David Wilkerson. You remember that? It was called Satisfied Sinners. And I played about two, eight minutes of uh, the beginning there because he talked about two people that he encountered in his Teen Challenge ministry. And these pe people, you know, uh, they were satisfied in their sins. He couldn't reach them because they were satisfied just the way things were. Now, in that tape, and by the way, if anybody's interested in that, I, I found it on the internet, I downloaded it, I can get you a copy if you're interested in, in it. Uh, David Wilkerson said that in addition to his uh, Teen Challenge ministry to the junkies and gang leaders there, he also reached out to homosexuals that came to him for help. But he found... In 20 years of ministry, he said he literally ministered to thousands of homosexuals, but he found only 2% of them could be helped because only that 2% were willing to 
really deal with it and not blame other people. You know, so many homosexuals, oh, I'm gay because of my overbearing mother, or uh, this happened to me, or that happened to me. You know, they're making excuses for themselves. You can only really be helped if you have a problem like this, is if you're willing to get before God and say, this is the monkey on my back, I'm responsible for it, and I'll trust you, Lord Jesus, for a deliverance of it. Now, there's also, he mentioned, there's a gay church. In fact, when I was doing the homosexual ministry, back during that uh, second year of Bible college, I heard about it. It's called the Metropolitan Community Church. Dr. Martin, his tape on uh, homosexuality, also talks about this too. And later on, you know, the, this, uh, this message... You know, David Wilkerson preached it way back in 1976. And, you know, even right then he mentioned on the tape that there's these supposedly mainline denominations that are beginning to ordain gay ministers. So on that tape he said that they, these ministers had a convention. And they descended upon Dallas, Texas. And there were 2,000 ministers, gay ministers, quote unquote, that came there. And Will, David Wilkerson said, I couldn't go because uh, they know where I stand and they'd have kicked me out. So, you know what he did? He sent his mother. His mother was also an ordained minister. So she went there, she got the registration packet. I'll come back to that later. And uh, she made she bought up all the tapes, took them to David, and uh, David said one of the speakers up there misquoted from Romans chapter one. You know, Romans chapter one that talks about men doing vile things with each other's bodies, and even the women. You know, so. It, dealt with the gays and lesbians both right there in Romans chapter 1. And this guy misquoted it and said, oh, it says that in the Bible, but that's not talking about us. You see, we can't help ourselves. We were born this way. So that's the big excuse that so many of these people that are involved in homosexuality is they think that they can worship God because God made them that way. And therefore, they're free to do any kind of perversion and uh, uh, that they want. Okay? So, the registration packet. You know what was in that registration packet that David Wilkerson's mother received? She gave it to David blushing. There's a list of the uh, 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 program schedule and uh, uh, the speakers. And there were two magazines of gay porn and then a list of all the gay bars that were located there in the Dallas area. So after the meeting, you could go out and get drunk and connect. These are ministers that are doing this.
That's another thing that's very common among the homosexual community is alcoholism too. And I believe that deep down in their spirits, they can feel it and they try to drown it out with alcohol. Gay porn is very much a problem. One gay man that I worked with when I was working for Navy Region Southwest, his name was James, and James was gay. He had a roommate. He was married in his mind. This is the late 1980s, or I'm sorry, 1990s, before the gay marriage was legalized. But he was married in his mind to his roommate, even to the point of when his roommate's parents visited him, he referred to them as his in-laws. But James, he was caught by the woman that shared an office with him looking at gay porn. There on Navy computers on Navy time. And he was busted for it. I never did find out if he got uh, fired. He, he may have gotten fired. I don't know. I, my contract with Navy Region Southwest ended and I had to go back to my... Uh, Home Command, Space and Naval Warfare Systems Center. But uh, it was just a sign, you know, to, to me, he couldn't control himself. Even though he had this gay roommate, he still couldn't help himself. And you give yourself over to this unbridled lust. By the way, James also went to that gay uh, church show you how much it affected him. I overheard him saying one day, if somebody said something he didn't like, he would bite them. He had AIDS. So that shows you where his mentality was. Now that's, whatever God he's worshiping is not the God I worship. The God I worship is a God of love. And passing AIDS to somebody else if they cross you is not love. And by the way, that shows you that the ministers of these gay churches are false prophets. Jesus said you'll know false prophets by their works, by their fruits. And he opened up his mouth and he showed that there was nothing but bad fruit in there. And we knew that already. But it just was more, one more thing. I'm almost finished here, uh, brothers and sisters. Uh, there's other perversions too, which I'm not going to go into de- detail. Uh, there's what's called BDSM. I'm not going to get into that. If you don't know what it is, you know, look it up. Uh, but I will tell you this about this BDSM. That a... Uh, uh, I, I shared with you before about that web page called Libs of TikTok. Okay, the Lib, Libs of TikTok. It's, uh, there's a, uh, a lady that goes out to all these TikTok videos and she gleans out from them, you know, the videos that these liberals have produced. And she puts them on the, the web page so you can see exactly what they're saying. And one of the ones that uh, she put out there was this uh, 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 man 
you know, he, he was really weird. You know, he had all this colored hair and feather earrings and everything. Just looked uh, completely weird. And in his TikTok video, he's bragging that he is teaching his kinder, I think it was a kindergarten class. He's teaching them this trash about BDSM. And he was proud of it. He's not only involved in that perversion himself, but he's trying to pass it on to these kids. And this is what's happening in our school system today. Brothers and sisters, we've got to be aware of it. Know what's going on. He had no qualms about passing on to these young children a perversion that may enslave them for the rest of their lives. And that's another thing about the getting kids. The earlier that spirit of Ashtoreth can get to them, the heavier the bondage becomes. Now, I want to end up on a high note, okay? I've laid this heavy trip on you. The high note is that God's promise is that we can break down these strongholds the spirits of Ashtoreth, no matter how strong they are in our lives. Amen. There is hope. God's promise to us. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 3 through 5. I've quoted this many times to you. For they, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty in God. For the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations. That's what, you know, that's the big problem with this, uh, this sex stuff. Is it happens in your imagination. Amen. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to yes. the obedience of yes. Christ. I've told you many times, that's where the spiritual warfare happens yes. right up here in your mind. And there is hope. As powerful as the spirits of Ashtoreth are, the spirit of the living God is more yes. powerful and I might say infinitely more powerful because God's power is infinite. He is an infinite being. He is all power, omnipotent. The Ashtoreth, along with all these other spiritual forces, were defeated by Jesus at the cross. Amen? So if you... Yeah, I'm again behind, sorry. If you or someone you know and love is hooked by sexual sin, there is hope. Because one day, all of these Ashtoreth will have to bow the knee to him. It says in Philippians chapter 2, verses uh, 10 and 11, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. All of these spirits of Ashtoreth are going to have to bow the knee to Jesus and what's going to happen to them afterward? They're going to be tossed into the lake of fire and you don't want to go with them, believe me. So you can make that spirit of Ashtoreth bow to Jesus now too in your own life 
or in the lives of your loved ones and claim the victory. You can claim the victory for yourself or them over this sin. But you know what you have to do first? First, you have to bow your knee to him. It says there in James, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee to, from you. Amen. You have to submit first of all to God before you can get rid of these spirits of Ashtoreth, either in your life or <coughs> the lives of others. So the choice is yours. Do you want the Spirit of God in your life? Or do you want the Spirit of Ashtoreth? Now, I'm going to conclude now before we go to the final song. And I just want us to bow our heads right now. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or anything. But if you feel like you're bound up in this area of sexual sin, I'm going to pray a special prayer for you. And then I'm going to pray a second prayer after that for those of you that may have been molested as a child and you're still struggling with uh, the psychological effects from that. Okay, just everybody uh, uh, agree with me in prayer. Father God, I have sinned. If this is true of you, then pray along with me. I have sinned. I have submitted myself to that spirit of Ashtoreth. And uh, Lord, I'm struggling with the problems, the aftermath now, Lord. So Lord, I confess my sin. And Lord, I repent of it. And I agree with Pastor Cliff, Lord, that the only way that I can pursue this area of my life is with my husband or wife in the bounds of heterosexual marriage. And Lord, I pray that you would give me the strength to resist it. I confess my sin and I forsake it now for your sake, Lord, and for my sake too. Lord, I want your spirit. I do not want that spirit of Astroth plaguing me and troubling me anymore. I come against it in the almighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus is King. Jesus is Lord. Jesus. Bow now, Spirit of Ashtoreth, yes. to the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Yes, and do not trouble me anymore. Yes. Amen. And if it's true of you that you've been molested at one point in your life. And you're still suffering the psychological aspects. Just pray with me. Father, you know what has happened to me. And Lord, you know how it has been plaguing me all of my life. And Lord, I praise and thank you that you are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. And that you bring healing to me, Lord. Bring that healing. Let the bomb, healing balm of your Holy Spirit sweep across me right now. And deliver me. Hallelujah. Give me the victory. Through everything that has been plaguing me, the depression and the uh, anxieties that I feel and the fear. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, Lord, for that deliverance now. 
And I thank you for visiting me in your power, Lord, and that you're going to pull down that stronghold that Satan has put into my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, Lord, for listening to these prayers of your people. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The closing song that I've got is just particularly applicable to what I've been speaking of there. Okay, if you would uh, cue that back up, uh, uh, Susie. Hallelujah. Everybody stand up now. Praise His name. Lift up your hands. Hallelujah. 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 Everybody sing along to Over every heart and every mind Because I know the peace within your presence I speak Jesus
and sisters, as I told you last week, you know, that expression, you don't know what you're dealing with. I just told you what you're dealing with, yes. with the, this spirit of the Ashtoreth. And this spirit of Ashtoreth is trying to captivate completely this country right now. And if you pay attention to those, you know exactly what I meant. And Jesus is the answer. Go ahead and bring up that. Uh, oh, here, I'll, I'll get it, Sissy. Uh, okay, this last. Ah. Okay, I want to end up on a high note. I've talked about what we face as individuals in our individual life, but as a nation. The only hope now, we have just gone so far down, is a revival. We desperately need a revival. I tell you this, Sunday in and Sunday out during our prayer times. Amen? That's the only thing that is going to change this nation back for the good. God's people have to wholeheartedly return to him and pray. I pray with all my soul that it's not too late because there comes a time, you know, God said back in the Old Testament, my spirit will not always strive with man. There comes a point that it becomes irreversible. It happened to the nation of Judah. I've I've talked about that before. But God's promise is there. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 14. If my people who are called by my name. Who are they, that's talking about? It's not talking about the junkies. It's talking about my people. That's us. Will humble themselves and pray. And seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. If anybody's got that internet pornography habit... You need to turn away from it. Turn away from that wicked way. Turn away from that spirit of Ashtoreth. Then I will hear from heaven and forgive them of their sin and heal their land. And just as we had that Jesus revolution of the 1960s and 70s that stemmed the tide that the spirit of Ashtoreth was trying to overwhelm upon the young people at that time. So it will happen today if we can get that revival, another Jesus revolution. You know, uh, Greg Laurie, man, I highly respect. He was saved under Chuck Smith's ministry. He went on to found Calvary Chapel of Riverside, which became Harvest Christian Fellowship. 
And he has harvest crusades all over, you know, many people getting saved. And he came out with a book that was a description of that Jesus revolution back there in the 60s. I intend to get it. I haven't gotten it yet. And there's also a movie that's been out. And they sold a great number of, of tickets. But we need things like this happening, brothers and sisters. Yes. Amen. So every day I, I ask you, I beseech you, brothers and sisters, pray for revival. Pray that it will happen before it gets too late. Okay, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I've given you the message that you wanted me to give. And Lord, we know that the spirit of Astras are just so strong and Lord, the more that people give in to them, the stronger they become. But Lord, the converse is true too. The more that we give ourselves over to the Spirit of God, the stronger that He becomes in this nation. So Lord, I pray for that revival, Lord, for America now. And Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that it's not too late. But Lord, I pray that you'd visit us in your strength and your power, Lord. And Lord, help us to bow down our knees, Lord, and confess and forsake, Lord, this spirit of Astoreth, which is sweeping across our nation. Thank you for this, Lord. I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Okay. Hallelujah. Okay, I'm done. Let's go to the